0: I don't think people really acknowledge the word failure like we always come up with like a funny way of you know falling forward or you know something you know something to like you know couch it and make you feel better about like not being successful but can we accept that failure is an outcome?
1: Part of becoming comfortable with failing will mean that we have to change the way that our society views failures and not by making them prettier but but by making them acceptable
0: getting to that point of being reflective after something doesn't go right I think shows more maturity than scrapping it down and starting over again just because you don't want to ultimately fail
1: I don't have a lot to share because I think I play things like pretty safe and I'm not proud of that I want to take more risks and I want to have more failures but that was a huge probably like a top three failure moment for me in my life so thanks for bringing it up (laughs) (laughs) hi i'm michelle an entrepreneur and creative business coach
0: hi i'm steve and i'm a social media and digital content strategist
1: we're friends with a shared passion for creativity in all its forms
0: through this podcast you'll find ideas to help up your game and share experiences with a community of creatives who understand what it's like to work and create in a digital world
1: If the episode you're about to hear sparks something inside you, share your voice by connecting with us on social media at pod4creatives on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
0: Did you hear Mr. Peanut's dead?
1: Yeah, what? I don't know.
0: What are your thoughts on
1: that? My thoughts are I saw everyone posting about it and I was just like, I'm not interested in this. (laughs)
0: <laughs> now, are you are you not interested in it from a consumer standpoint or are you not in it because you obviously have a, a social media presence and background and, and you think that way strategically?
1: More so social media. I'm like, this is a stunt and that's cool. It might work, but I'm not even saying this from like a consumer standpoint, just like the way that I'm entertained by things and things that I find funny. To me, that's just really cheap and lazy.
0: I'm a member of this social media group on Facebook, and um, I had taken a screen capture of the tweet, and I had sent it to the group yesterday. And I compared it to uh, IHOP's uh, IHOB.
1: Oh yeah, uh, you posted that craze. on Twitter too. I saw. Yes. That. I did see that.
0: And um, you know, everyone sort of was like, "Oh, this is ridiculous," and this and that, and this is crazy, and yeah, whatever. And there was one person who replied to the comment to the post he just or she (laughs) or she (laughs) thank you uh responded with uh a, a screen capture of the trending topics on twitter and of course like the two top ones were like rest in peace mr peanut and you know planters or whatever it is and almost like trying to make the point that like well let's see it's working and like i'm sorry but since when do we define like success of a campaign and the actual exchange of money for for peanuts in relation of like well, see people are talking or well they're liking the post i don't think our job as in, in 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 this industry is to like define success by how many people like something i mean there has to be an exchange at the end of the day of of, of money for for the product that would seem to be the to be the end game here i don't think that's going to happen any more or less because of this ad. I mean, we're talking about it. I understand that, but I don't think that's going to be the end game here. So how is that a success?
1: Yeah. Trending as number one for a day to me for like a big company like them. It just doesn't make sense. Like if you and I could get trending as like number one, that would be huge. We would get all these new followers, but I'm sure they did get new followers yesterday or whenever that was, but I, I guess I'm questioning what was what was the point? what was was there, what was the strategy behind it, and what were they hoping to accomplish by killing Mr.
0: Peanut? yeah and I'm sorry I, I just don't think that's gonna be like the end game here or something like that, but it, it was just very weird to me. the whole thing was very strange, and I know how this is gonna sound, but it always seems like these freaking fast food accounts are run by like nerds like it just seems like you know it's like you know you gotta get that that funny joke in there and you just like just stop talking like, <laughs> you don't have to talk you don't have to be a part of it
1: well, I mean, they do if it's working. I mean, maybe it is working. Maybe we, we're just, you know, we're not really privy to that information.
0: Yeah. Do you buy planters peanuts?
1: Um, well, I just, <laughs> as I documented on Instagram over the weekend, I did just clean out my pantry. And I do have a jar of planters peanuts that almost got thrown out because I think that they were close to expiring and hadn't been eaten for a long time. But
0: you should should pour some out for Mr. Peanut. I'm just
1: going to throw the whole thing out now. (laughs) (laughs) The ultimate one more item to purge. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) In your next situation that you may come across, where you're faced with the decision of buying peanuts, are you going to be thinking about this campaign or making your decision based on it?
0: (laughs) No. No. Absolutely not. If
1: anything, Um, I can see you being like, "No, you know what? I am not buying them."
0: Well, I think that <laughs> I mean, like, is there another brand that exists out there, like the what, supermarket blue, brands blue I
1: would blue, buy probably, like the Publix blue diamond,
0: brand. rather. Like, I think they do they do some kind of nuts. I don't know if they do. They I know do them more nuts, for almonds. Like, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. know. I'm I'm not. And I know we're like I know somebody who can be listening to this and justifying like you know the relevancy of the ad because we're spending time talking about it. But if if your goal is to Pulling sales for your product—I mean, or, or however you want to word it—I got to see more than 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 this. And I know, you know, the Super Bowl and and you know, there's more coming. And Gary V's team is behind this, by the way. Are they? Vander Media is behind this. Stunning, I know, all all, all shock and awe, but <laughs> <laughs> very little substance at the end. <laughs> well,
1: maybe maybe we should let this unfold. If this ends up being like a a long play situation where I'm delighted at the ends, then bring it on. I will be, I'll eat my words and I'll be super excited about it.
0: Will this be a failure in the minds of ad agencies?
1: I don't know. Now that you said that Gary Vee is behind it or his team is behind it, I have to think there's more coming. They're too smart to do something that's stupid. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit.
0: Maybe. It just seems. Can you like picture being in that pitch meeting? Like if Gary were there, and he's got the planners people on the other side of the table, and he's just like, you know what you do? You kill him. You kill. Pl- <laughs> you kill Mr. Peanut. We're gonna kill him. We're gonna do the funeral at the Super Bowl. Like you could tell, he's just like getting so jacked about this idea.
1: I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Well, he talks about death being a motivator quite often. So.
0: Oh, yeah, you're gonna die. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm not sure that motivates me to want to do more. <laughs> a little bit more and just exactly have that kind of seep in well I don't know I, I I you're right I think it is too quick to 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 call something successful or not without seeing where they take it but if some of these agencies like you know IHOP and and or some of these companies like IHOP and whatnot with their trying something new and trying something different i feel like it annoys the public especially on on social media i mean you're going to get people who are going to contribute to a conversation but i just feel like it annoys more people than it than it doesn't i mean you know ihop had like a two-week a two-week running start before they like released what i what what the big mystery was going to be and it just felt like every day you were just like can we just do it today like can we just get it over with and I feel like that way with Mr. Peanut, and it's only been a day. Like, there's still a whole nother week, and you know, from the time that we're recording this to the Super Bowl. And it's like, can we just get on with this, please? You know, real-life death doesn't take this long to break dry. now. I mean, the person's gone and buried in three and a half, four days. Like, this seems a bit much.
1: Maybe it's like Shiva.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> I, I know what it is, but I wouldn't—what is it, like a week? Is it it's, a week?
1: Yeah, it's like a week-long— I'm going to
0: have any Jewish funeral, like bad.
1: funeral style events. <laughs> yeah.
0: I probably do have a lot of Jewish friends. I just don't think about it that way. But yeah, you're probably right.
1: I love the idea of Shiva. I think it's, it's much more me. Like if I were planning my own, you know, post life celebration event, like, or, or going to one like for, you know, for weeks Usually, like, in a funeral home, you have to, like, get dressed up and then go somewhere and, like, stand around for, like, a couple hours. But, like, Shiva, you get to stay home and people come to you and they bring you food. And
0: I do like that, that, that concept because of the mindset that you would be in during that, that yeah, time. Yeah, you're,
1: like, more comforted.
0: Do you have to go every day? Oh. Because that I'll is... be honest. I don't think if, so. If, if, I don't if, think if, so. If, if they were having a Shiva for you. You know how much I love you. One day. Tops. One
1: day you wouldn't even go twice?
0: No. No. I think one day is enough.
1: <laughs> I, I do think I think you're only on the hook for one day. Not you in this situation, but
0: oh, okay. most
1: people it like if you were to go to awake you would and there were like three time slots, yeah. You would likely go to one unless you were like a very close Unless you were the one being comforted, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember when my mom died and we were setting up the, the, the wakes, the wake for her. We did it on a Sunday and we did it from like four to seven. I think something like that. And I can remember as a little kid in my family when someone would pass away they would do exactly that we would always have like there was one from like 1 to 4 and then you'd come back and you do like 7 to 9 or something like that mm-hmm. and i remember my dad talking to the funeral director about it and he was like he's like yo this is what we've done in our families and because it's an it's a like a senior community down there like they have wakes at, like, 10 in the morning. The you know, early like usually, bird yeah, wake? Like, yeah, like, they're out, like, you know, by, by 3 o'clock, like, that's it. Doors are closed. Nobody else is in there. And I remember them being like, all right, yeah, I think we could we could do that, like, that kind of a thing. Like,
1: they had to make an exception to yeah, do an on evening.
0: Yeah, on a Sunday night, too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was a rough. That was, I mean, it wasn't rough. It was normal for us. But, like, yeah. all the people that my mom knew that came were probably, like, not pleased that they were out on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock. So, yeah six to nine I think it was something like that oh. it was something like that yeah
1: well I would go to your shiva twice at least <laughs> if you ever have one one day
0: probably <laughs> probably standing over my uh, uh am I there am I in the room I'm not oh, in the room right I don't think so oh let's see all right okay Why you think yeah, I would, would critique something well you probably like look at whoever was standing next to you and be like you know he doesn't know how to make a logo white properly in photoshop
1: yeah <laughs> i i'd I'd use it as an opportunity to air grievances when everyone else is sharing like memorable stories (laughs) you know what he didn't know how to do
0: (laughs) i have a bone to pick (laughs) maybe it's too maybe it's too early it definitely is too early to judge whether or not you know mr peanut is a is a is a failure or not but like there is this instant reaction society that exists and i do you know i believe that social really only enhances that um, because, you know, you have to have a hot take or you have to have an opinion or at least you feel the need to or people feel the need to. Um, and I think that's why we've sort of kind of gotten into this this role where, you know, we might be more aware of something working or not working and we get more concerned about how we classify it versus how we react to it. I don't think people really acknowledge the word failure. Like we always come up with like a funny way of, you know, falling forward or, you know, something, you know, something to like, you know, couch it and make you feel better about like not being successful, but we can call it whatever we want to call it. But if we're not recognizing that it didn't work or, you know, we're not, we're not recognizing it as an opportunity, we're not recognizing it as an opportunity to learn from it. So in the future, we're able to kind of move past it. That's got to be, I, I just feel like there's this emphasis on like r- refusing to call something a failure because we don't want people to feel badly. Whereas can we accept that failure is an outcome and that's okay? It doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you're, you're going to die, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it does, it, it does mean that, you know, that it's an outcome. It's a potential outcome.
1: Most of us did not grow up in a culture where failure was an acceptable thing. And I think that that's why people like have to wrap a blanket around it anytime anything goes wrong or, you know, call it by another name. But I think part of becoming comfortable with failing will mean that we have to change the way that our society views failures and not by making them prettier, but but by making them acceptable.
0: It always reminds me of when you were growing up and and you were going for your driver's test. You never told anybody that you were going for your driver's test, right? Because God forbid you failed, then you had to live with telling people, A, you didn't get your license, but B, then I think you had to wait, like however long you had to wait to do it again. And I I don't know if that's that social pressure. Maybe maybe that was like the early stages of like putting something out on social and then also having to walk it back. Like it's really uncomfortable.
1: You hit a trigger because... When I was thinking about this episode, I'm thinking about my life and failures that I could bring up and talk about during this episode. I've said this in past episodes before. I don't have a lot to share because I think I play things like pretty safe and I'm not proud of that. I want to take more risks and I want to have more failures, but you definitely don't know this. I failed my driver's test twice before I got my license and I remember the first time being like... All right. It's cool. Like I have a few other friends who also failed the first time. But when I failed the second time, I remember I was like probably embarrassed more than anything else. And I remember like I'm not a big crier, but I remember crying about it. And just, you know, when you're when you're 16, that's like the worst. It's like the worst thing that could happen to you. So, yeah, that was a huge, probably like a top three failure moment for me in my life. So, thanks Why? for bringing it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad to bring up things that make you make you harken back to your uh, past failures. Um, I, I guess that's the psychological piece, right? I mean, like so we have to kind of think about this. I know when something doesn't go right, like for me, there's this em- there's this there, there the immediate thought process is like crap you know, like it's, it's this, it's this letdown piece or, or whatever. But I don't know. I think there's also this, this, this culture of striving to succeed and and be your best and do more and, and grow that like, we don't often stop and think about like the benefits of failing, maybe because of the, you know whether it's driver's tests or whether it's edu- you know, your school system with, you know, getting good grades and whatever, like we don't often stop and think about the benefits of not getting something right the first time. And it's not that, you know, this episode is going to, to, to change the way everybody thinks about it. But I do think it's worth stopping and realizing that like your life ultimately, I mean, unless it's, it's, I mean, A completely unique situation, your life is not going to depend whether, you know, whether you live or die is not going to depend on what you fail, whether it's something at work or whether it's something with, you know, raising your, 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 your child or, or whatever, there are learning opportunities. And I I started to realize this, I think more so after I, after we had our son, because there is no manual. Everybody says that. And there are things that we have, I mean, like we have no idea Some nights or some days what we're doing and you just kind of take the information that's available to you and try to make the most informed guess and hope for the best. And when I started realizing that like the consequences aren't always going to be dire, it it allows you to kind of open up and operate a little bit more freely. And I think that's something where, you know, from a from a professional standpoint, we can all sort of kind of grow. Yes, there's a lot writing on things, but what you don't know, you don't know and there's got to be a level of like experimentation and trying and being comfortable with maybe not getting it 100% right because that's the only way you're going to learn and grow and get better
1: hasn't that experience also made you more compassionate though towards your parents i mean i feel like even without having kids just kind of growing into adulthood and you know i guess spending time with with my nieces and nephews i think back to my parents who were so much younger than, than I am now and than my sisters were when they had their kids, when they had us, and thinking they didn't know what they were doing either. They, they, I mean, they had, not only were they younger and had less experience, but they had less help and they didn't have the internet. They weren't able to look things up. And, you know, I think I view my parents as like, as my heroes, like they could do no wrong. But yet I can also now as an adult understand that they were put in that really vulnerable position and it kind of that juxtaposition blows my mind a little bit still.
0: Yeah. No, I think you're I think you're spot on. Do you feel that you have a a healthy life, a healthy outlook on failing or does it still pull up some of those feelings that you had with your driver's test?
1: Um, It definitely still pulls up some of those feelings. Not that I, it's funny, like until you brought that up, it's not something I think about or dwell on. But I think I I am, I have programmed myself to take the safe route where I know that I'm going to succeed in, in most situations. And that's, I recognize that it's a total ego thing. I mean, it's, I don't want to ever look bad. So I don't take risks and I don't fail often. Um, And again, like that's not, it may sound like I'm proud of that, but I'm really, really not because there's so much that I want to do. And I, I wrote a blog post about this at the beginning of the year. And I said, I want to do more big things this year. And my definition of big has changed. I don't want to give a TED talk I don't want to make eight figures like that stuff is not what's important to me. Big means things that are really important to me. So in my case, that means sharing more content that may not necessarily align directly with my brands or things that I had been talking about in the past. For example, last year, I talked a lot about introversion. That was something that was on my heart. It was something that I really wanted to share about this year, I feel like I kind of said everything that I needed to say, and so I'm going to kind of veer away from that. And I think there's part of me that feels like that could be construed as as a failure, like, oh, she's not doing that anymore. Is that because, you know, she didn't get enough of a response to it or you know maybe she tried to like launch a product around it and that failed which was not the case but you know but like who knows what what people are thinking and i had to kind of like let all of that go in exchange for doing these what i consider to be bigger things that are just more things that i want to do letting go of the judgment
0: yeah i wonder how i wonder why that's a difficult thing for people to do, especially as you get out of, you know, an age growing up where, you know, the opportunities to be judged are, I think, more apparent, you know, when you're talking about high school and, 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 and junior high school and whatnot. And you seem to get into college and I'm not saying that there isn't judgment, but it seems like that sort of dissipates a little mm-hmm. bit and that sort of should set you up into a professional atmosphere that should be supportive and, um, you know, want their employees to succeed. But, you know, ultimately I feel like there's still this hesitation of grasping what failure really means, which just means that it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. I think that's the cyclical part of like being involved in like planning and looking out over what you're trying to accomplish that, Planning is really cyclical. You know, you have a goal. You, I mean, you have your research. You set a goal. You go through this whole process of setting, you know, your targets and and who you're trying to to you know communicate to or whatever it is. But then in the end, there's an evaluation component. Did it work or did it not work? And if it did work, why? And if it didn't work, why? Because you're going to take that information ultimately. What you learned. And it's going to end up going back up into the research piece. So when you start over again or take it to this next iteration, you now have all of this information to take forward with you. I don't necessarily think that failure in and of itself is a bad word. If you're looking at it as a learning opportunity to improve moving forward, it takes the anxiety and the fear and, you know, ultimately, you know, being terrified uh, uh, from from taking a step.
1: Well, I think it needs to just be built into the process and accept it as part of the process. Just because, I mean, just in the same way that if you're writing something, most people start with a rough draft or an outline. I think it's really hard to write a completely polished piece out of the gate. Even experienced writers don't write that way. In fact, Anne Lamott has an awesome little saying that she uses to encourage writers, which is write shitty first drafts. And I feel like she's one of the greatest writers in the world. And she allows herself to do that. And I guess you can look at that shitty first draft as a failure. But I think she just considers it to be part of the process. And there are so many things that we do in creative work and regular like work work that have a process in it. And we don't really label the steps as as good and bad. They're just they are what they are.
0: Do you think it's important, like much like a science experiment, to have a hypothesis at the beginning of whatever you're doing? Like, I think this is what's going to happen as a result of my efforts. So that where you have a basis
1: I don't know if I like this where this is going science wise. That's not really <laughs> my territory, but Sure. Yes, I do think it's it's good to start anything you're doing with a a goal or, or an objective. Is that kind of the same thing as a hypothesis? Would you say?
0: Uh, well, I, I, my interpretation of it is, is that here we are splitting up a word, right? <laughs> is, is that what failure really means? Um, I think your goal is, is, you know, where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. But I, I think, Maybe we're splitting hairs here, but I guess the whole point of the hypothesis piece is just saying, like, this is what I think is going to happen because of my efforts. If I do all of this, I think this is what's going to happen. And that way, it gives you sort of like a starting point, it gives you a baseline, it gives you, you know, a, an opportunity to judge what needs to be done next and whether or not what you've done so far has been a success or not. Because I don't think you can necessarily, you know, learn from something if you don't have an ultimate endpoint, at least to trying to like a stop, mm-hmm. a, a stopping point yeah. to, to kind of gain in some information.
1: Yeah. I, Cause I think once you have a stopping point, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that's the end of the process, but right. it could be the point where you're like, let's regroup and review like what has worked and what hasn't worked. And it, sometimes you have just like 10 things that didn't work and you're like, okay, well now we need, we need a new strategy. We can move on to, you know, trying to find other solutions. But I think when it comes down to it, people see failure as a bad thing because it makes them feel bad that people might judge them or they're afraid that they're going to get in trouble, that there's going to be some negative consequence. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I think so. But I think that's part of the the, the anxiety that like, it stems from whether it's childhood or whether it's, you know, it's, it's, if I fail, something's going to happen to me, some type mm-hmm. of negative consequence. Yeah. And, and I saw a little bit of this. We had, we had posed some of these questions on, on some of our, our personal social platforms, just to kind of get a feel from people about their definition of, of failure. And and w- one of my, one of my friends, Sarah Wheeler wrote back that, um, and I liked this. She's like, failure doesn't define you. Um, which I think you have to come, To an understanding of at the at the at the forefront like even though I failed or even though it didn't go the way I wanted it to it doesn't mean that that's what's gonna what I'm gonna be defined by You know, you're able to take what you learned and kind of strive to be better and she goes chances are you failed for a reason Something's not something didn't line up. So that's a challenge to kind of go find what that is To ultimately make sure it doesn't happen again
1: yeah, and I think that not to get all like rosy on you, but I think sometimes failures are just things that point us in a different direction that could end up being better. I'm listening to the audiobook of Creative Calling right now by Chase Jarvis, which is excellent. And the little part that I listened to this morning, he talked about how he had this photo app that was like the number one photo app of the year. It had all these downloads and was basically i mean the way he described it was it it was positioned to be could have been instagram before instagram exploded and before you know facebook bought them and he had something in his contract with the developers prevented him from making updates to it which the users were asking him for And the developers were kind of like not wanting to be involved in it anymore. So it kind of died. And at the time, he gives gives the, the story of the day that Instagram got bought. He was just getting flooded with emails and texts from people, I'm sure, saying like, oh, you know, like this could have been you. And he said in that moment, he just felt like the biggest failure. But he said that he used those experiences, especially in coming up with a more fair contract and having really clear objectives especially when you're collaborating with people to position him to create Creative Live, which ended up being a huge success and while it's not Instagram I think it you know brought him like a lot of joy he got to connect with and still continues to connect with lots of amazing people and he said he probably would not have ever gone down that road if you know they had been bought by Facebook or you know they continue to, to go the app route. So sometimes, I mean, I know that like, you know, you may listen to that story and be, and say, I, you know, I'd still rather be the person who sold Instagram, but you know, sometimes it's not like better or worse, but just a different direction.
0: Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it, I think what you defined is, is that we get up, we do something, we fail, we get up, we do something, maybe a different result. Like, you know, like it, it's a it's a forever starting over process. I think if I probably pay close enough attention every day to certain things, I'd probably realize that I, I, I screw things up or I failed more than I think I do. But maybe you've just sort of gotten beyond some of the more like, you know, mundane Things and, and, you know, maybe it's on me for not thinking about it too closely, but I feel like that's just part of the process. Like, you're going to fail.
1: You mean like how you recolored that logo incorrectly?
0: I thought I did that (laughs) fine. (laughs) It works.
1: Well, you just said sometimes you're not even aware of your failures and when they happen.
0: But, okay. But much (laughs) like the, but much like the planner's peanut argument.
1: Yes. I was.
0: I was able to get what I needed and I did it fine they might not be able to get what they think they want and all they're getting is people talking about mr. peanut being dead so I I'm pretty sure I'm more successful than planners is is what I'm trying to say I guess so (laughs) but see what you're trying to make me do is feel bad and this brings (laughs) up this brings up another interesting point though about about the realities of failure which is that I'm reading this book um called happy uh by i believe it's darren brown or duran brown i don't know i'm not really sure about the pronunciation you probably you know these things he's british so i feel like you would know that name better than i would is it duran is it darren
1: i think it's darren, darren but is this is this i mean we should probably make this public you've now this is we're still in january yeah are reading multiple books you're ordering books is this going to be like Steve's reading corner? Is this going to be a new segment on the show?
0: Starting my own podcast <laughs> without you. <laughs> um, no, it's I just challenge myself, I think, to do more reading and get off the phone for some time and we'll see how it goes. But I'm, It's it's going well so far. But one of the things they talk about that he talks about in the book is, is that we always tend to make things out to be worse in our imaginations than they actually are. And I think that's a, another key component to to this topic of failure, which is is that we're harder on ourselves than others are, because genuinely speaking, others want us to succeed. I mean, mm-hmm. you might have you might have one or two people that you know in your life that that I wouldn't say actively want you to fail, but they could care less whether or not you you do well or not. But I think genuinely, generally speaking, we have people around us who want us to be successful, and maybe it's our need to want to please those people that causes us to be so hard on ourselves when things don't go well because you're constantly trying to deliver something that's going to make them shower you with praise or make you feel good but i think what happens is is that we have to you know understand that you know failure or not the game is improving the game is always about getting better it's always about learning more And it's really hard, I think, because we spend so much more time kicking ourselves um, than any other person in our life is going to.
1: I think the other part of this is that everything is public now, even if we're not going on social media and saying like, hey, I'm starting this new thing. And then, you know, you may be compelled to, to say like, oh, it didn't work out. Even just that, that starting point of, of putting yourself out there. Let's think back to like when we launched this podcast. Before we launched the podcast, both of us put posts up just of like pictures of our microphone and saying like we're starting this new project. Let's say like nothing came of it and we never posted anything about it again. Each of us could have fabricated wild stories in our minds that people were thinking about it and wondering what happened and were thinking that the two of us were huge failures because we never got this podcast off the grounds. And that's, that's what we do because we are spending so much time on social media and we're seeing so much of people's day to day lives, I think that there's this misconception that everyone else is thinking about us 24 seven when that's like the furthest thing from the truth.
0: Well, and I think that's, that's, I think you're spot on. And I think that's also what we see like with, when, you know, with this vanity component of our lives where you throw something up on Instagram and it doesn't get a lot of likes at the start. So what do we do? Well, we take it down because Mm -hmm. clearly nobody likes it. So I don't want to put it out there. Right. And you know, I, you know, this podcast has a parallel to it too, because, you know, we, we joke about our first few episodes and like, I'll say it, these are my words, not <laughs> yours, but like how bad they were in terms of at least like quality. Mm-hmm. But like we knew after the first episode, like we listened to the playback and I remember saying like, we were talking about just like the sound quality and saying like, do you hear the echo? Is it, does it <laughs> sound funny to you? I don't Is this how it's supposed to sound? And we realized eventually what we did wrong. But we also put those episodes out there as they were. We didn't sit there and go, let's scrap it and re-record it and try to get it right. Like, you know, we we put them out there. And I think what that also shows is like for at the very least, just you and me, how far we've come and these failures and these things that haven't gone right have only built more trust between the two of us. And I think that's what we what we tend to learn is, is, you know, getting to that point of being reflective after something doesn't go right, I think shows more maturity than scrapping it down and starting over again, just because you don't want to ultimately fail. Getting to that piece of of being reflective and saying, okay, let's put the podcast out there anyway. Yeah, it didn't go right. Yeah, we think we understand what we did wrong, and we're going to try to fix it the next time. But this is part of the process. This is part of this creative piece. It's never always going to be perfect. It's always going to be up for interpretation. Some of it might be more obvious than others, but it's always going to be up for interpretation. And I think we have to allow that to be a part of what we deem as the creative process, which is you got to let it ride. You got to let it flow. Sometimes it's not always going to be exactly the way you want it to be.
1: And when we are pursuing these new creative things, we need, we either need trust between like the example you just gave, but we work together. We work, we've always worked really well together because we have a lot of trust between us. But if you're working with a team of people or you're being led by a person, that is a huge component as to whether or not you're, even when you go through the failures that you're going to reach success at the end, because I think we talked about this probably (laughs) a lot in the dare to lead episode, but I think when you're afraid to bring your ideas to the table because you know you 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 think it might not work out, then you know, you're shooting down something that could end up being really good if you just let it go through those steps in the process. So, you know, whether you're working solo or working with someone else, I think it's so important that you're just surrounded by people where you feel safe and I feel like I bring this up all the time about how it makes me really uncomfortable to share things on social media, especially on Facebook, and to have my family and friends who are not like my intended audience see my work. And I think that's because it makes me feel really vulnerable and judged because they know me as a certain way. And here I am trying to share something new, this this part of me that has developed into my adulthood. And worrying about like how that's going to be received. So if you feel like you are experiencing that in your life, you have to get yourself into a community of people who who understand this and who are going to celebrate, rename, and help you reframe those failures.
0: Yeah, I remember my uh, my sister gave me some of the best advice I, I I've gotten in my life. This is a, a, a number of years ago that. Um, there's always another opportunity coming and, and, you know, it seems like it's like a very obvious thing I think to say to somebody, but it really is true. Like there's never a shortage of opportunities, um, if something doesn't work out, um, you know, it's about what you do with it. And, and, and even sometimes it's gotta be created by you. Like you might be in charge of a project and things don't go according to plan. Well, there's another opportunity to start over there's another opportunity to try to you know rewrite the ship it's about what you do with it and you know can you be reflective enough and can you stop and get over that failure doesn't define you or your strength or your abilities as a uh, as a professional or as a human being it's really about how you respond and how you get back up If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at Pod4Creatives and let us know which stood out to you. I found out today, you're going to probably sit there and laugh. I didn't know how to do this. I found out today how to make a... A logo like a regular logo that's created mm-hmm. if I want a white version of my logo I found out how to make the whole thing white just did a you did a YouTube search on how to how to take our our um, niceper logo and cuz I, I was doing something with like a black and white thing and I didn't like the color piece of it so I'm like how do I just make it all white there's got to be a way I didn't realize how simple it was but now I know how to do it was so.
1: it a vector
0: it was but the image
1: yeah like what what kind of file were you working with PNG okay
0: go ahead I, yeah, I feel like you're gonna get snooty here
1: if I'm go- <laughs> if you want if you here really comes. want it to look nice <laughs> you have to use a vector version because I'm can I guess what you did? did you did you select all of the color and then either create a copy or fill that color in with white?
0: Uh, I'll, uh, oh, Jesus I can tell you what I did.
1: Not even like good job. I'm like, before you even tell me, you probably didn't do it right. <laughs> right to me.
0: How are we gonna get to failure out of all of this?
1: How do we take it from death to failure?
0: Um, I was really trying with the Mr. Peanut thing. To Sorry, like, I derailed it. Like, do you think this is gonna be a failure thing or not? And then like, you know, would you define it as that off the off the bat and that sort of a thing? And it
1: was a it was a great. I think that was a great idea.
0: And you took a right hand turn at Shiva.
1: I took it in the wrong direction.